Welcome to the Technology Labs episode number 22. I'm Tom. I'm Rick. And I'm Daniel. And our guest today is Johan Stein. And welcome, Johan. Uh, you're a repeating guest, but uh, maybe good for the listeners to uh, briefly introduce uh, yourself uh, to them. Thank you, gentlemen. It's it's an honor to be involved with the, the podcast again. We had such a lovely conversation uh, the last time. And, you know, it, it's almost like we feed from each other's energies mm -hmm. and i think can we not do this over four hours rather than just a, <laughs> a short a few minutes but so I, i my name is johan stein i'm based here in johannesburg in south africa i work for pwc as a lead automation architect uh, although i don't speak on their behalf you know when you work for these consulting firms it, they train you well to say <laughs> but I, i'm also involved with the it institute for professionals in south africa where i look after a special interest group on ai and robotics And then I'm just passionate about the societal impact of this technology. So I write in newspapers and I speak at many webinars. And um, yeah, it's good. I learn more from speaking with on webinars than people actually learn from me, I think. <laughs> I, I love listening to them. So yes, it's yeah. a wonderful opportunity, guys. And I also look forward to the topic we have uh, today. Thank you. Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, again, welcome, Jan, and uh, happy uh, to have you again on, uh, on our uh, podcast. Uh, and, uh, of course, we'll start the podcast with a couple of tech updates. And uh, I wanted to actually start with, with mine uh, for change. Uh, I have a quick one, I guess. It's just uh, actually just a gadget. And sometimes a gadget is always nice to, to talk about, right? And to think about it, <laughs> well, to, uh, to see what, uh, what, we can make, uh, uh, what we can make of it. Yeah. And in this case, I have uh, uh, seen that there's a gadget. That there's a, there are a couple of big brands who want to put this version out there. Uh, but they haven't yet. They all say due to pandemic, it's uh, postponed and delayed, etc., etc. But there's a small company, um, uh, and the company is called, I believe, the company is called Los Angeles, which is slightly confusing. Uh, yeah. But they have created <laughs> the uh, Urbanista, or or the company is called Urbanista, and they've created its Los Angeles version. That could also be the case. <laughs> and now everyone is confused because you don't know what I'm talking about, right? No, no clue what kind of product we have at hand here. And, uh, well, at least I and um, myself and Daniel are using one at the moment. So that gives oh, a little bit okay. of a clue. And it's uh, a headphone, actually. So it's an uh, okay. uh, over-ear headphone, big over-ear headphone. But in this case, this headphone is solar-powered. So it has... Oh! Uh, 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 <laughs> so it can charge itself through... Uh, uh, a, a few uh, solar uh, panels on the the band of That's the cool. uh, that goes over your head, and uh, yeah. it charges the the headphone. Ooh. And you know that headphones typically they don't need that much charging. At least I also have this nice over ear headphone, which I can use I don't know for 20, 30 hours or something like that. That typically uh, it lasts yeah. quite long, huh? so that, that's a good thing. And even with noise cancelling on, it it still lasts for a long time. And uh, now Urbanista Los Angeles uh, is a headphone with solar charging on top of it. And I believe, uh, and now I'm looking up in the, uh, in the article about it. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you would be able to get easily, even in a pitch black room with, oh, with noise cancelling off, you could get 80 hours of listening. So with the, if you go outside and you have light around you, etc., etc., it will, you probably once per... I know two months you have to charge it because you're really low on battery, but otherwise the solar panels will easily take over and uh, and charge your uh, your headphones. So uh, and this is the have first you, one on the market. Seen, 
Have you seen any reviews already? Is the active noise cancelling good? Or yeah, yeah. Because when they have 80 hours of battery life, I always think, well, how good is the active noise cancelling? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You said with the, with the noise cancelling off, you have 80 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah, the noise cancelling yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. But, no, but yeah. even with noise cancelling on, you should have at least like... 20 hours or so because if you are on an airplane i guess it doesn't charge very much because it's quite dark in uh, in an airplane well, but uh, when, when you're traveling eh? it could also be light the full flight. well but still it's quite dark but, yeah. but uh, i, I okay. imagine this is especially for people who like to uh, jog in the park and then use their headphones they will never have to recharge their their yeah, headphones yeah. Uh, anymore yeah yeah exactly and and well actually i saw it coming by and i thought okay but why why isn't this on the market yet i mean it's so obvious right charging it yeah. with a solar panel and and extend the battery life with well to near endless proportions eh, i would say it's yeah why, why yeah. didn't we have this already <laughs> and if you look at the article yeah, indeed probably uh, nobody thought of it before <laughs> yeah yeah the, the, in the article states that a couple of big brands like jbl and uh, uh bno and they are all busy with it or they have some in some article mentioned it and then they said ah we're postponing it due to COVID and etc but then yeah no oh, one okay. put it out there uh and and yeah apparently it's there and yeah, um, uh, in, 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 uh, coming back to daniel's remark the uh, are they any good? <laughs> uh, they apparently are quite good. The, they, they did also kind of a review on it in this article on The Verge, uh, where they say okay. it offers a rich, a rounded sound, a lot of impact, uh, ranging from techno to uh, uh, classical music. It's, all the ranges are good. Uh, good definition uh, of, of guitar music, for example. Uh, so all good. Noise cancelling, good. But in f and they also say, okay, it's not as capable as the the class leaders. And then they mention the AirPods Max or the the Sony uh, uh, XM4 or the XM3. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, the, the, these two are the yeah at the top of uh, noise cancelling. The leaders, and, yeah. yeah, the leaders. And and this one is is good, but not as good as that. Okay. But then yeah. I was wondering, okay, great. Oh, this is good news. Sounds good. Good uh, good score. Great uh, invention. What does this gadget cost us? Because it's probably going to be a quite costly uh, uh, item there. So what do you think? Yeah. What would you pay for a pair of solar-powered over-ear headphones with relatively good noise cancelling and, and good sounding, uh, uh, a good audio? What would you pay for it? Well, when I bought my noise cancelling headphone, uh -huh. I paid about 300 euros. Yeah. So... Well, that's that. I I thought that was was worth it. So <laughs> okay. So yeah. So I'm very curious whether this one will be cheaper or more expensive. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, it's it might 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 surprise you because they are offered at a quite a low price actually at two hundred at one ninety nine dollars or one ninety nine euros. Uh, they they transferred it also to the European market already. So one ninety nine. Okay. Two hundred. Yeah. Wow, I think it's a very really fair price. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, the, the fact that I already have these nice headphones, that, that's the only reason uh, for me not to buy these, I guess. <laughs> because otherwise I would yeah. have blindly bought them uh, directly on the spot because I really liked to have a pair of solar-powered yeah. headphones. But uh, yeah. Well, what you might do, uh, Tom, is that you give your current headphones to one of your children and then you <laughs> buy these new ones and you have a nice Christmas yeah. present for yeah. yourself. Yeah, but exactly. Then, <laughs> but I have now, I have actually the 
the, the best noise cancelling <laughs> headphone and then I would go to a slightly less good noise cancelling headphone. So, yep, But you're <laughs> saving the environment, Tom. Eh? It's uh, solar powered, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's from the nice. company... It's from the company Urbanista. Mm -hmm. The headphones are called Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. And they are from Stockholm, Sweden. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's hugely confusing. Okay. Uh, Very confusing. That's why I, I wanted to start with, okay, it's Urbanistas and it's Los Angeles and, and never, no one knows what product this is about. So it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I think it's a good a good step that they, that they yeah. take because it's a product that has room for solar panels. And yeah, I think that a lot of products should think about, hey, is there room for a solar panel on it? How much energy mm -hmm. are you consuming, and and can you sustain a lot with with a piece a small solar panel to keep it from charging, uh, plugging it in? Right? I mean, uh, yeah. it saves you a lot of hassle. So, fun stuff. Um, that said, Daniel, what's your tech update? Yeah, mine is a little bit boring. <laughs> it's about uh, about Facebook oh. with their name change. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, they yeah. just announced a name change yeah. and they are called uh, Meta now. Yeah. yeah from Metaverse. Yeah. But it's the it's not yeah, it's Facebook, it's the the head company of the what's it called? Yeah. The mother company. Yeah, yeah. it's like like yeah. like Google has with Alphabet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they Meta. they have like the the umbrella company that's not called the Facebook company anymore, yeah. but it's called uh, Meta right now. Uh-huh. And they also um uh, talked about um, yeah changing their strategy a lot. Yeah. So they were really focused on the Facebook, Instagram kind of world. Yeah. And now they are really changing into a company that focuses a lot on metaverse. So VR, mm -hmm. AR probably as well. Yeah. Um, and they um, they are focusing on that a lot. And one of the things that was also announced, and that's something I really don't like, is that uh, Oculus is um uh, gonna be cut from the branding yeah and i i have a warm sport <laughs> warm spot in my heart for oculus because <laughs> i thought they were a really cool company mm -hmm. um they of course got bought by facebook yeah. and now they are killing the whole brand uh, oculus and they are gonna move on with meta as the uh, as the name so you're gonna have the oh, meta okay. quest headset for instance and then they they just have the Oculus Quest <laughs> headset on that uh, uh, yeah, technology okay. stand. So, yeah. So the, the the same VR glasses will uh, be available, but only yeah. the name changes. Yeah, and they they only kill the name Oculus, but still for me it's like nah. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> that has happened more in history, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Product with another name. <laughs> yeah, and the, the funny thing was that in the announcement, um, uh, the yeah the founder Mark Zuckerberg he he was talking about legacy apps like Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> I was like, legacy, legacy apps, legacy seriously. App. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's really well, pushing the meta uh, meta stuff uh, out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well that's for a good his question, company, then. it is legacy, but uh, yeah. Oh, and for us, maybe it's also interesting. How how legacy is it? How, how are are we uh, using uh, Facebook and Instagram? Are you using Facebook and Instagram, Daniel? Uh, applications, yeah, the apps. You are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, for only for authentication or for really for. Um, to be honest, I'm not using Facebook and Instagram a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only once in 
two weeks, I guess, okay. that I'm using the apps. Okay, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to minimize it as much as possible. Um, but uh, on the other hand, I use the authentication now from Apple, and I like that a lot more than the mm. Facebook one. Okay. Uh, because you can also easily hide your email address. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I really like that feature. So I'm not using the Facebook one anymore. I a couple months back I I changed all the uh, logins from all the websites that I had. <laughs> I changed them from the Facebook logins to other logins. Oh, so it's, yeah, it was yeah. a really okay. yeah tough job, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I did it. Uh, well, but for so, you, yeah. it's, it's becoming legacy as well. Then these apps. So and, and uh, how, how about uh, Johan? How Johan? Are you using Facebook, Instagram? Or is it also legacy for you? Look, it's I've never used Instagram. Okay, okay. Um, Facebook, I'm very strict on. I think I've got 23 friends. They are, <laughs> are really good friends. Most of them live overseas. So, yeah. but I don't use it to just post. You know, I'm eating this hamburger now. I'm going just all this nonsense you see. But I'm more and more thinking that I'm getting tired of Facebook. Ah. It's a, and it's a, maybe an age thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but so it's 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 slowly moving into the legacy space for me. I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 And 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 Rick, yeah. how are you on the on that part? Well, hearing what you are doing, I don't even have the apps on my phone. I the only time I use Facebook, it is on my computer, and that is like Johan says, it's only for some good friends. So I only use it for private communication. Right. And and. But also I noticed that the young generation also doesn't use Facebook. They they even didn't start using Facebook. So from that perspective, actually Facebook is becoming legacy because more and more people are not using it anymore. Yeah. And um, so but, that's an interesting yeah. thing. So I think the, the only Facebook product or now you should say meta products <laughs> that I use a lot is WhatsApp. Oh, yeah. And and uh, yeah. I I think that will remain because WhatsApp is a very easy communication uh, means, but uh, it's it's yeah. But the other things and Instagram I've never used, and uh, yeah. my my son-in-law sends me Formula One uh, uh, pictures uh, on Instagram, and then <laughs> I have to figure out how to watch them. And actually, my wife is on Instagram, so then I ask my wife to show the pictures to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but is it legacy? Is it legacy when the only the youngest generation doesn't use Instagram? Because I think that a lot of people still use Facebook and Instagram. For us, it might not be something we use regularly, but there's still a huge amount of people that use it every day. Yeah, and I don't think that's legacy, eh? right? There's three billion users, yeah. So. So yes. Yeah, but that's the total. So that's also the people that only use it uh, every month or something yeah. like that. Okay. Say if only a third of those people use it often, that's it's only one billion. Eh? So yeah, <laughs> only one billion. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And and it's I, th- so, yeah. I also know that it's a kind of an, uh, a, a regional thing, I believe, because I also heard that a country like Vietnam, for example, is completely Facebookerized, if that's a word. And they, they, the, 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 all the people in, in, in the country use it. It's, it's their internet. It's, they don't use anything else. So that's also a regional okay. thing. So in, in, in different countries, the, the, the Facebook plays a whole different role, basically, in, in, in the, yeah, in the society, you might say. And yeah, so for us, it might feel that we are indeed going to legacy applications, and people are leaving Facebook by, by hordes. But still, eh, if you have a billion active users, or, may, or maybe even more, yeah, what, what? 
<laughs> yeah, that that huge amount of numbers is is yeah, it's mind-boggling actually. So, mm. so Meta, um, Tommy, if I Meta. could uh, maybe if I could just comment on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. mentioned Vietnam, but maybe for us because we work in the tech space and we are aware of the privacy issues and 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 all that, we are a bit more wary of some of these apps. But I think a lot of I almost want to say normal people out there, as if we <laughs> in tech are not normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, I think a lot of people use a platform like Facebook for all the news they ever see. Uh -huh. And it's worrying because if you're a critical thinker, you should have one more than one source of information. Yeah. Uh, but I speak to people sometimes and I say, we saw this new thing on Facebook and it's about Corona or about the election coming up or something. And I think... You know that this news is so customized to what you want to see yes. that it's dangerous. And that is the danger of these platforms, that it, it re-emphasizes those biases and things. Mm -hmm. That's why it feels good. Another interesting study, and I don't want to go off topic, I'm going to end now. <laughs> it's you know, it's the, the dopamine release in our brains when we post something on social media and we see that somebody's liked it. It's, it's almost a, a drug. Yeah. And that's why when you post something and for a day or so nobody likes it, it's almost like you go into a depression. So that effect, especially on young people, is also something, and we can maybe touch on it given the topic of today. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this, but how this news is customized to what you want to see is a dangerous thing of these platforms, I think. Yeah, that, that, the, the, the bubble, huh? that, uh, that often used words, at least in, in the Netherlands or around here, is the, the bubble you are, you are in. You're creating yeah. your own bubble. And uh, well, the algorithms around uh, the platforms, social media platforms, they and they definitely emphasize those bubbles and enhance only yeah the the the, the what is it the shell of the bubble. Eh? Nothing can go through it anymore uh, in the end. It's a shield around you. Uh, and indeed, what you also mentioned uh, for young people, the the the, the dopamine uh, part. But there's also, I believe, that's some interesting um, uh, research went into Instagram for young girls between I don't know 10 and 15 years old or something like that that they are really influenced by the fact that uh, uh, how how Instagram or uh, how the followers and etc how they see uh, themselves so the the, the self-image yeah. that they have yeah. uh, is really uh, definitely influenced by Instagram and that's that's a very worrying mm -hmm. thought I would say uh, indeed so mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's only Instagram but it probably goes for all the different platforms as well that Everyone has a, has a different impact on uh, on young kids, and yeah, that's that's worry worrying uh, indeed. Yeah, completely mm. true. Yeah, I wrote a piece, uh, Tom, uh, recently in Business Day called "AI or Beauty in the AI of the Beholder," <laughs> and it's exactly about this topic. Because remember, years back, the most beautiful people we would ever see are maybe in magazines or in movies, and we know that even those people don't look like it because of the perfect light and the makeup and the skin tone enhancement and stuff. Yeah. But these days, everyone you see on social media looks beautiful because of the, the apps we can use to change our skin tone and stuff. So for, for most people, but, but to your point, people who are especially girls in their developing years, puberty and all those things, your self-image is an important thing. And now if everyone you interact with, interact with on social media mm -hmm. looks pretty yeah. and has no flaws, then the impact on your self-image is, is a horrible thing. And I think it's a very underestimated societal impact mm. that this is having on people. And it, it breeds almost self-hatred that I hate seeing myself in the mirror. I hate that I've got pimples and I've mm. got lines on my face. Everyone has it, but yeah. not on social media, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and, yeah. and if your interaction with social media in the amount of hours is even more than the amount of physical social interaction, yeah. then it becomes even a, a, a much worse a, a disease even. And it, yeah, 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 totally true, totally true. Yeah, maybe we'll touch later on it uh, as well and dive a little bit deeper in it. Um, uh, uh, Rick, you, you also have a, a tech news item, I think. So let's let's hear what you have to uh, have brought today. Indeed. Well, my, my tech news item is a very positive way to help people. Okay. And uh, I saw a TED talk, and and we'll <coughs> put the link in the uh, uh, in the show notes. Uh, and it's a talk note, TED talk about uh, the new bionic limbs. Okay. And uh, the talk is about a guy called Yu Her, and he has lost his legs for some kind of a disease when he was young. And he has used crutches and other support stuff for many, many years. But today he has actually bionic legs. And it, uh, in the video, you see him walk around the stage. And it's really amazing because he's just walking like normal. And it's amazing what the uh, technology can do. And the funny thing is, it made me think of the television show, The Six Million Dollar Man, about, uh, and that was like 40 years ago. And back then it was totally impossible. It was science fiction and, and it was a nice idea, but nobody could imagine that it would really work. And today, it's there. Eh? People are indeed walking around uh, having uh, electronic limbs. And um, yeah, it's just amazing to see how this technology can support, uh, well, handicapped people to have a normal life again. And in this video, you also see a woman who is doing her first steps, also getting these things. And she is totally amazed because she hasn't walked for years. And now she's just walking around the room. And, and and then in his talk, he explains the kind of technology that's needed because it's, of course, a lot of machinery like electronics and motors and sensors, whatever, but also a lot of uh, uh, yeah, uh, electronic or yeah, probably AI. I don't know exactly what kind of software they use, but it connects the muscle activity in the remaining pieces of his legs to transfer that muscle movement to the uh, bionic limbs. And it's amazing how uh, how detailed that is, eh? that you can actually make small steps or large steps or run or walk or... And well, I, it was a very amazing video and, and I got very enthusiastic and positive about it because it changes so much of a life of people oh wow yeah yeah it sounds really, really good. cool yeah 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 it sounds really good indeed i'm uh, wondering what what how, how much is it possible to mass produce such a solution because i think it's completely customized for this person but I, I, i'm, I'm well, curious how, how I, easy it is to uh, extend it to multiple for multiple solutions uh, basically so yeah uh, I guess the the only difference is the uh, h- how much of your 
uh, leg is still left, mm. Mm. you might say, yeah, whether you need uh, yeah. uh, a knee as well or something. Ah, yeah, yeah. But okay. in general, the idea is, I think, easily mass producible. Okay. Okay. And, and currently, I guess it will still be quite expensive. But yeah, yeah, yeah. if you start producing it in, in higher volumes, sure. it will yeah. not be a really big thing. Yeah. yeah. I think only the fitting will probably be customized, right? So the yeah, part that fits on your yeah, what's left yeah. over of your leg, for yeah, instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. but we have but, that. But probably the course, hard part. Yeah. <laughs> but there, of course, three three D printing will help a lot. Yeah. Uh, because today, m more and more, they do three D scanning and then three D printing, and then you have a perfect fitting uh, part. Yeah. Cool. Wow, nice, nice. Really nice. Great, uh, great development. Yeah, that's a, a nice positive note to uh, yeah. <laughs> to end the tech updates yeah, with, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, so the technology has all kinds of impacts. Uh, and, well, that's also what we are now going to talk about with uh, Johan, of course, eh? the, the uh, social impact uh, of AI and, and technology in general. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's move on a little bit to towards the AI topic and indeed where it's at. And as Johan already mentioned, he has written a lot of articles. Uh, uh, well, the last year, uh, so to say. And uh, uh, I'm I'm following you also on on LinkedIn and I see all these these great articles and topics coming by. So uh, I was I was really, really triggered by one of them uh, that you've written for uh, for Business Day, which had the title that AI is only starting out and yet to reach puberty. Uh, which is, a, I think, it's a great starting point for where everything you want to start and discuss stuff with AI uh, uh, is, is is indeed that yeah, AI is only starting out, although it's over 50 years old, right? So it's, uh, it's uh, uh, what is it, a slow going to puberty uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, being, yeah, if I would say so. Uh, but I liked the fact that you started the, the, the article with uh, uh, how your son asked uh, in, indeed about what, what you are doing. Eh? And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and then well, it relates. Can you okay. tell a little bit about it, uh, Johan? Because I didn't read the article, I must admit. Okay. No, listen, th thanks for that. It's always a trick to find a good title. Um, <laughs> because if you if you publish, you know, it, you need something that grabs somebody's attention. So if you read about AI and puberty, then people will say, what's this about? Now, it's sometimes difficult to find equally good <laughs> titles. But yeah, it's, it's, it's based on, you know, a lot of what I write is based on my son is seven. Uh, he's adopted, uh, which is a lovely story for, for another day. <laughs> but I, maybe what is really driven me to think and write more about these things is to see how he's growing up and to think of where where will he be when he's 30 or 40 or 50 years old and will he look back at us and say you guys could have changed where this technology is going but you didn't and therefore we live in a more dystopian society now our minds are controlled and stuff like that or will he say maybe to to your point about the artificial limbs uh, eric because of the great work you guys did on AI, we are living longer, we are healthier, more people are employed, uh, society is better off, you know. So that's really what's what spurred it. But why I said AI is in puberty is, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of hype, as you know. Yes, the technology is rapidly advancing, but it's still not really that smart yet, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we talk yeah. about artificial narrow intelligence, which essentially means it can do especially in narrow tasks, mm -hmm. you know, in automating and things like that, but it still does what we tell it to do. 
once it can start building itself and becomes rapidly smarter than humans, that's in the next phase of artificial uh, general intelligence. People, some, some people say it's five years, 50 years away. And then the next step is super intelligence. And then we are really screwed. But hopefully yeah. we will not live <laughs> to see that. You know. But um, but that's why I said it's still in puberty. It's still growing up. It's, it's still a teenager with all its you know difficulties of being a teenager. Yeah. But it will grow up. Yeah. Now, if you compare it to a child, I mean, your, your, your child, especially when they are younger, are heavily dependent on you. Then they get to when they are a bit more older and they find themselves and they become a bit more rebellious and they don't mm -hmm. want to listen to you. And then when they are adults, they can either totally ignore you, destroy you, or they can look after you, especially as you grow older. And that's my question. Will AI be that child that we've raised? that will look after us one day or will it be a child that will want to kill us and that's really i think what that article was about yeah. uh yeah. Tom. Yeah, yeah yeah and it's interesting because indeed the, the fact that you want to think about technology and how your kids would experience it in the near future and right? the, the near or well maybe even far future that's interesting because we also i don't know if you talked in one of the podcasts on it but uh i also have two kids of uh, 11 and uh, and seven and uh I'm always thinking about, will they ever have to get a driver license, for example? Is the need for them for a driver license still in, in place? And actually, I'm I'm yeah. almost convinced, at least I really think, that they, they do not have to get a driver's license anymore when they are of an age that they are going to drive a car. And that's really wow. quick already. Eh? I mean, that's that's within seven years from now. The oldest one mm. is, is, is a legal age to drive a car, at least in the Netherlands. And uh, yeah, well, it probably doesn't have to, I, I don't know, because you now see cars are uh, fully equipped with all kinds of, uh, they have to be equipped with all kinds of uh, sensors and actors to keep a car safe on the road, right? A lot of self-driving uh, uh, technologies around there. So yeah, it's, it's only a matter of years before the self-driving car is out there and, and there's no need for getting a driver's license and you will be transported from A to B. Uh, and maybe still from A to B, from a, uh, a centralized point A to a centralized point B, yeah, like a train, train station or something like that. Uh, and, and it's not able to drive itself into a busy city, yeah, like Johannesburg, like Amsterdam, or like any other big, busy city, of course. Uh, but other than that, I think, yeah, uh, a lot of those uh, activities are already there. Yeah? People uh, are also transporting themselves with electric steps and scooters through the city. Yeah, that's, that's good enough, probably. If you get mm. a self-driving car uh, eh, with, with okay. good AI from, from a good point A to a good point B, then the rest will, will follow suit. I think, look on that, if you even think just of the Uber or the gig economy, even mm -hmm. if when your kids, my, my child grows up, say autonomous cars are not that advanced yet, although I think they will be. Mm -hmm. Even if you still have a human driver mm -hmm. that takes you somewhere, it's still a question is why really do you need a car? Yeah, that expense, yeah, the yeah. insurance, paying off the car. But then we can also ask, do you need education? Um, <laughs> and do and why, if we come to a point of extended reality and holographic images and stuff, why do you even need to travel anywhere? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, the point is, I think our children and definitely their children will grow up in a world that I don't think we can even start to imagine. Mm -hmm. It'll be so different and either differently good or yeah. differently bad. Differently, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, but yeah. the interesting thing is over the last, let's say, 200 years, we have seen many technological changes and, and 
every generation has a different life than their previous generation. So that is not very special. So what, in your uh, opinion, makes this technological change different from the previous ones? Mm-hmm. That's a good point, um, Rick, because as you say, every revolution or every change has changed society, but to some extent it was more of the same. Like my grandfather might have taken a horse to work, my father took a car to work, I take an Uber to work, but we're still going from one place to the other. Oh, yeah. But like I said, what if what if you don't have to go to work? And I'm not talking just virtually, although this is already a big That's change. That's already happening, yeah. Yeah. Work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I remember as a little boy, I would stand at the gate uh, at about five o'clock to see my dad come around the corner with yeah, his yeah. suitcase, and Daddy is home, but he had to go to work. Yeah, and but then also he came back and. Because there was no mobile phones and stuff, work was one place, yeah. then home was another place. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. checking up on emails or so. So that's also a change. But, but Rick, to, to answer your question, I think it's difficult to know where this is going. Some things will stay the same, but maybe will be more automated, will be faster, will be better. But I wonder if the, the nature of what it is to be human will also change. So if you think of some of our fundamental needs, we are... We need community. We are tribal by nature. You know, that's where a lot of discrimination comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, and, and I guess in some outlying areas, it's still the case. If you don't look like me or sound like me, I will mistrust you. Mm-hmm. For us who live in the cities, we're used to living with, uh, working with people of different colors and different ethnicities and religious backgrounds. So it's not an issue. But um, that need for community um, and that need to to be encouraged by people and, and all those basic human needs will never change. Mm-hmm. It's how technology will impact it for good or for bad. And I think we've seen it with this, these lockdowns. On the one hand, it's so convenient not to have to go to work. Yeah. It's so convenient to put on a nice looking shirt three minutes before you, your call with your boss, you know. <laughs> but people are also, there's a lot more depression in the world because of it, because we don't touch and feel and see and see body language so it'll be interesting to see how this need for community and for connectedness will be changed by holographic images because will it all those immersive experiences through extended reality i mean imagine we could have this talk but because of either um wearing a certain headset or Mm -hmm. implants in our brain Yeah, yeah it felt exactly from a from a sensation point of view like we were sitting at the same table even though we're not will that still feel the same really uh-huh. you know? so for instance we we pick up certain scents from people you know um we uh, and sometimes you know when you when you chat to somebody and you think i don't know why but i don't like this person mm-hmm. or i don't know if i can trust them because your brain picks up thousands of signals not through the not only through the face but through um hormone uh, releases and other things so again will it ever be exactly the same through technology you know so yeah i've rambled on a lot now but we're in for some interesting times but i wonder if my kid when he's 80 could run right back to me and i'll be i don't know where i'll be then but in the ground <laughs> what world will will he be living in yeah, yeah we have yeah, to yeah, think yeah. about this even though it's a bit science fiction but we know that the science fiction of the past is the reality of today it always is like that you know? yeah yeah Oh, yeah, and the funny yeah. thing is it's very hard to imagine where it's going uh, because uh I've been in IT now for a little over 40 years and 40 years ago, the personal computer simply did not exist. Mm. 
and and I was writing computer programs with a pencil. And if back then you would have said, okay, in 40 years from now, everybody will have a smartphone and actually we don't use it to call each other, then (laughs) we first would have thought, how can you make a phone so small that it fits in your pocket? Because Mm -hmm. regular phones back then, uh, it didn't even fit in in a a, a small briefcase. (laughs) And uh, so the technology changes so fast that it's interesting to think about, what about if our kids are 80? But even 10 years from now is already difficult. And and especially with AI, the changes and the developments go so fast that I'm really wondering what it will be like in like 10 years from now. Yeah, yeah it's also interesting to see because I believe, and this was before my time, but <laughs> um, a long time ago, there were was also a guy in Holland, I forgot his name, but he um, talked about Uh, all the stuff that's happening today, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, a lot of modern tech kind of stuff and they, everybody called him crazy or a lot of people call him crazy. Um, But uh, nowadays when somebody says something like that for the future, a lot more people take it seriously. That's yeah. that's a really big change, I believe. Uh, so, like those things, like Rick just mentioned about uh, uh, telling everybody that they would have a phone in their in their pocket, which is basically a computer. Uh, everybody would laugh at you probably <laughs> back then, but yeah. but now I believe a lot of people are more open to those kinds of uh, inventions, etc. And if you look at uh, yeah, well, if you look and, at movies and, also, eh? if you look at, at Star Wars yeah. or Star Trek, that's that's a great example of what would what was there uh, when when the first episodes uh, uh, were released that that you they would have handhelds that would scan a body, right? Yeah, we we can basically do that right now. So we are already yeah. there. So Tom, and you make such an important point now. That's why. We need artists, we need dreamers to mm-hmm. help us think about the future. Yeah. And Star Wars was uh, amazing. And, and even some of the movies today that thinks of the future. Yeah. That and, and, you know, because we approach this topic so often from a tech point of view, from a platform point of view, but the, the ethics, the philosophy behind it, the artistic element behind it, we should not neglect that because ethics and philosophy in the arts has always... Um, almost guided humanity on this changing course of where we're going. So the tech is important, but we have to think of the ethics. Yep. An example yeah, I often yeah. use, you know, in the, when was it, 50s or 60s, I guess, when the um, birth control pill mm-hmm. became a thing. Initially, it was really a difficult thing for people because the ethics now says, are we playing God by deciding when Mm -hmm. to have children or not? There were obviously religious concerns and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But it is because it was a topic we never had to think about. Obviously, these days and for many years, birth control for most people is not even something we worry or think about. So when the next thing and whether that is the human brain or or sorry, the the brain machine interface, which I want to touch on next, because that's a big thing that's coming our way, implants and all that. That's why we need the philosophers and the ethicists, because we now have to think about stuff we've never thought of. What about designer babies? If we can use algorithms to to actually program out the genetical deficiencies like heart disease and cancer from the father and the mother's uh, chromosomes. Uh, but not only that, what if we decide what we, our kid must look like, think like? Um, and, and, and to make it real, what I often say, imagine the Nazis had this technology. 
because they already got rid of the so-called undesirables, the Jews, the Freemasons, the gypsies, people with physical ailments. So what if we can reprogram the fetus and only a small portion of the, of the world has that technology and the, the money to do it? What about all the rest of us, you know? But I'm going to maybe pause there for comments, but I want to get to, in the few minutes we have left, of this brain-machine interface, because that is the big mm -hmm. topic of the future, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you really trigger me on that. Because if with brain-machine interface, do you mean, uh, uh, indeed, implants? Mm. And, and what kind of things could these implants then support our brain on? So, so the difference for me is, look, obviously now we can look at the brain or the body from the outside in through MRI or CAT scans. It's hugely beneficial because the doctors know what's wrong. They can see if there's a tumor in the brain and where to operate and all those things. But, but what if you can see from the inside out? So, so we are talking implants. They are, they, I think the sensors from the X outside to read the brain will also become smarter. But if you think of Elon Musk and Neuralink, one of his companies, I mean, they're already talking about a device that's about the, the thickness of a human hair. So you don't need surgery to open the skull and implant. You can actually, with local anesthesia, insert this thing into the brain and there you go. Now, the medical benefits could be immense if you think of people with paralysis or Alzheimer's or, or brain injuries. Uh, if, to your earlier point, Rick, imagine that um, uh, kind of uh, the legs for that person who learned to walk. Um, obviously, that device, as you said, reads the, the how the muscle is being moved to know how the, how the false foot or the artificial foot should use but but imagine that device is connected to your brain because our brain sends the signals to our feet you know so so but think of the the other side of this if what if i can download my brain or upload it what if a the government now says not only do i need a covid certificate and they need to track me on my cell phone what if i am forced to have a brain implant and and think imagine you live in north korea it's one thing to pay lip service to the great leader, but behind the scenes you think he's a real arsehole. Okay. <laughs> but now what if the government can pick up that you're thinking that? You know, so imagine where that can go. To, um, I think the it's almost like the split V, the amount of incredible good and the amount of incredible evil be, will both ways become bigger and bigger yeah. through this brain-machine interface. Which movie is that again about, um, I think it was with Tom Cruise, Minority Report or something, yes, where you, yeah. when you were thinking about uh, uh, crime. Yeah, some crime you're going to commit yeah. that they already arrest you beforehand. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's cool thought movie. crime. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Who wrote about thought crime the first time? Do you guys know? Yeah, I know. It's Philip K. Dick. Well, I think, I don't even, so I thought of... Um, um, 1984, uh, you know. Uh, oh, George Orwell. George Orwell, Orwell yeah, yeah, wrote yeah. about the Ford police. Oh, you know, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I police, spoke yeah. about this yesterday to somebody. Orwell, and he, and he wrote it in 1948. There's mm -hmm. a book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Great yeah, yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. I have the book at so, hand. So, <laughs> so in 48, he wrote the book 80, 1984. Look, yeah. the book was had a lot to do with the Soviet Union and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But or Orwell said so, this thing. He said, what if the TV we are watching is watching us back? Now, it was unthinkable in 
these days. These days, most of our televisions uh, have a, has a camera. If we play games or we can give sure. it instructions, if it sees that there's nobody in front of it, it switches off and so forth. But it's watching us. Yeah. So we in this world more and more, we, we are being watched uh-huh. all the time. We think of surveillance. We think of facial recognition. But it's still the outside in. Now, sure. these implants will give the inside out thing. And this is where the thought police so imagine in China, they already have this, and I can't exactly know what they call it. Remember, it's like the algorithmic um, credit points or whatever. Mm-hmm. But your ability to access credit, to get discounts and so forth, has to do with your obedience to the state. Yeah. You yeah. are encouraged, for instance, to post more pro-state things on social media and yeah. so forth. Yeah. And if you do, if you disobey or get a traffic fine, you lose points. Yeah. That's, that is on... Um, visible actions, but now imagine that it could be based on your thinking, you know, and we are going to get there. And again, my son is going to write back to me when he's 80 and said, dad, this is now what's happening. What is he going to write? Will they live in a global police state? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. And and of course, this differs a lot per country and the kind of regime you have in a country. Because basically these implants can be very beneficial, but indeed they can also be used for very malicious reasons. And the trouble is that the the funny thing is I was talking with my mother, my mother is 84, about this kind of technology uh, a while ago. And then she said, but I cannot imagine that anyone would ever allow to put machines in your body. And then I asked her, who of us here has a pacemaker again? <laughs> and then because, yeah, she already has a machine in her body. Sure, yeah. and, and it helps her staying alive. Yeah. And, and so then people will say, oh, you have to also to use a bra- brain implant to stay alive. Yeah. And then where, where is actually the point of no return? Eh? Now we have and, very and helpful of- uh, ways of, of helping out with stimulating the brain with, with diseases like, uh, what is it, Parkinson and, and, and yes. other all kinds of diseases that, that we know now what part of the brain is uh, uh, attacked or is, is, is hampered by something that, that we can shut off eh, completely so that an, mm. a specific effect does not occur. or it's a, We can already do that. So we can already manipulate quite a lot uh, if you look at it eh, because it's it's not that it's a big... Big yeah, area, but, and the but, brain is not that no, big. But, eh? cur- so but, currently, <laughs> but currently in free countries, it's just used in case of a disease. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and, and the, the, the example Johan just used, eh, that now we all have these QR codes to show that we are uh, COVID-free. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's something that is imposed on us. And, and we think it's for the, for the benefit of all of us. But... Yeah, you never know how it can also be used. Yeah, yeah, we still have a choice now, right? We can stay stay at home all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to show our QR code. That's, yeah, that's, that's still true. a choice. But in the case of what uh, what Johan says, was of course you don't have a choice at all. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Exactly. Remember, governments uh, change. You know, so so it's like nuclear power. You you have a good government so they create nuclear power so that we've got light and heat but the next government um, enriches the uranium to attack your neighbors mm-hmm. so the same is this technology even though it is a um, almost a um, altruistic government mm-hmm. at the time that implements it yep. regimes fall and change so now that power falls into the next guy's hands 
not even talking about falling into the hands of terrorists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so so yeah, this doesn't keep me up at night, but we have to think and talk about it. You know? So actually, actually yeah, what you're saying is that they're the same as with, with nuclear, uh, well, nuclear power or nuclear uh, um, technology. There's a global organization that that well that that is is trying at least mm. to 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 keep it in control right to to uh to um well, talk to regimes that, that misusing it etc so the same should could happen for ai yeah but for the moment not. yeah no but at the moment the european union already yeah. has a a sort of committee for ethics around yeah. ai yeah, 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 yeah. so they are indeed thinking about it the only problem is that these technology changes uh, are are so uh, quick that politicians can't keep up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The mechanism, and, of, and the the procedures of the politics are too slow for keeping up with the high speed changes yeah, of technology and, right? and enforcing it, which is another challenge. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. they, and I read the articles of what the EU is doing, and it's good. It's a start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, what do you do to a rogue state? What do you do yeah, if? Yeah. Um, Poland doesn't want to <laughs> comply. Yeah, well, yeah, for example, is <laughs> the EU? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I, I don't know if Johan knows about it, but currently there's a lot of debate about Poland, who is part of the EU, and their uh, politicians have said that the Poland law supersedes the European law instead of the other way around. Yeah. And that's a lot of discussion. But then still, it's a friendly state. So imagine yeah. what happens with not so friendly states and um but also what i was thinking if we when we really would get super intelligence mm-hmm. then what would happen because would the super intelligence decide not to support these hostile uh, uh politicians anymore because that might also happen and then yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, finally super intelligence that? will make the whole world get peace yeah. Could, could you or not do will a it be the other way around that yeah. it considers that people are the biggest threat for the planet? <laughs> and and, and, and then, well, those, it yeah. maybe. Yeah, it, it, maybe it's interesting eh, from a testing point of view. It's interesting to start already. We have to start a kind of a simulation of the of the world with this this growing AI technology in it, and then see how it how it ends up in, and and do a couple of scenarios there. I know that in the past in in the UK there was this great program called. I don't know history chasers or something like that, and uh, the, uh, the the program was um, that it simulated uh, battles from the past, so big uh, historical battles on the on the field, right? So even it, it went back to the to the Huns and to the to Napoleon times and to uh, all kinds of battles, and it was a huge simulator. And you would have, uh, I don't know, two or three people giving input to that simulator, so they would be kind of the generals there, huh? so they would steer it left or right or they would give troops kind of assignments and they would completely uh, reenact that complete battle so with the, the full numbers with everything and then the simulator would would run and and would see how it worked out in the end and, and whether you would still win the battle from the bad guys or you would lose one and and and, and that's maybe such a game huh? if we'd call it like that it would be interesting mm-hmm. to see if we can put a couple of people a kind of a world sim and an AI and merge <laughs> that together in one way or the other and see how it works out. That that in that way we at least can do a kind of prediction there, right? 
Tom, I'm so glad. And I, I was hoping we would at least sometime <laughs> touch on the idea of quality engineering because uh -huh. I spoke to some testers the other day. Now, I haven't worked in testing or quality engineering or DevOps for some time now, more the AI and the, the RPA focus. But if everything we spoke about today, especially if you're going to implant something into my brain, then it, it's one thing if my banking system fails for a day because the quality is not good. Uh -huh. But I sure as hell want the software quality to be good if you're going to implant something in my brain. So the point I'm making, the need for quality engineering in the world of AI is becoming a life important thing. Yeah. And that's why the QA a future as long as obviously like others testers keep on upskilling and, and all that. But the need for quality software is more important now than ever and will be increasingly more important as this technology um, grows, you know. So that's why I said to these testers, you know, often you are seen as second-hand citizens by the developers and stuff. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's their own fault. But you've got a great career ahead of you if you keep on learning and yeah. keep on thinking. And I'm glad we touched on, on QS and AI. It's a huge conversation to be had. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally agree, totally agree. I'm uh, uh, already also looking with uh, with my eyes to the timer that's running uh, with this uh, with this podcast because we are on a on a roll with this conversation. But we are actually already yeah. through quite uh, an amount of our time. And um, uh, of course, when, when we are recording this stuff, we do it within uh, all of our other appointments. And um, yeah, we have to start uh, uh, rounding off this podcast conversation. Um, uh, maybe some final words, some final words of wisdom from from Johan. <laughs> well, firstly, again, gentlemen, thank you for the opportunity <laughs> and the good work you're doing. I want to know when the next book is out because I always read your, your books as you publish it. Um, and yes, I think it's an important topic we spoke about today. We might not have all the answers, but we have to think, we have to, to debate this. We have to think about our children. And we've, we've got in front of us the opportunity to create a, such a better world than any other human has ever lived in or the opposite. So it's an important topic. And yeah, hopefully those were wise enough words, but I thank you for the opportunity, everyone. Great, great. Well, thank you very much, Johan, thank for uh, attending uh, our podcast again. And uh, yeah, who knows in the future, we'll, we'll see you again uh, coming by because the topic of AI, uh, we, we, we cannot stop talking about it. And uh, as already said, the uh, uh, the topic is changing so rapidly that yeah, we have to keep up and uh, yeah, new, new debates are coming uh, left and right. So uh, yeah, who knows what, uh, what we'll hear about it in one of our future podcasts uh, here. Thanks again, Johan. Um, yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Uh, thanks, uh, listeners, for listening. And uh, we'll see you in our next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.